enjoy summers in canada yes yeah. and yeah i'm super excited about this awesome and deepa hi uh thank you for having me here hardik my name is deepa as you just mentioned and i've also known hardik for a while and uh, i'm doing my masters in communication and culture and i'm also working part time as a digital coordinator and i love being in toronto woohoo woohoo awesome introduction Okay, my name is Hardik, and I'm hosting this podcast. And I would love to talk to you, talk to guys about all the different topics, whatever we feel like talking about. It's not gonna be restrictive podcast, but then it's not gonna be podcast. It's more of a chill. And uh, I really like the name you gave uh, to this podcast, and I want you to mention that name. I. It's so hard for me to remember. It's called Bro Jogan. <laughs> so let's introduce Bro uh, Jogan. Bro Jogan. That's a good name. Bro Jogan. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good name. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Wait, to How clarify, s- is Bro Jogan brown Jogan or Bro Jogan? It's Bro Jogan. No oh. brown, no white. No, it's good to have multiple layer of names. Yes. Like multiple meanings to it. It adds to the ऑथेंटिसिटीफिकेंसिटीफिकेंसिटीफिकेंसिटीफिकेंसिटीफिकेंसिटीफिकेंसिटीफिकेंसिटीफिकेंसिटीफिकेंसिटीफिकेंसि
because you know how it is in India. They right. take a lot of time to process these things. Anywho, one le- one thing led to another, and I got this wonderful email in August telling me that I've been admitted with a full scholarship. Wow. So yeah, it's it's actually a joint degree between York and Ryerson University. So. I feel like I was lucky to get a full fellowship and like fully funded to your master's course. So, but me being me, I can't stick to one thing. So I had to take up another job. So I had to multitask and it's been good. But um, like going back to your question about education itself, I feel the education here has given me so much more than probably last 15 years of my education. Is it more theoretical or you feel that this is more of a field and practical, it's more of a practicality rather than going through the theory and following the norms? No, actually mine is more theory because mine is a research course. But there is a option, like we have a research lab, we have like technical labs and stuff where we do experiments like with uh, film and technology, audio tech and everything like that. But I like it because A, there are like nine or 10 students in each class. So we get individual attention, even at graduate level. And B, classes are a seminar. The professor is not, does not have the status of the professor. He or she is the status of the students. So wow. all of us sit in a round table and we are basically discussing. So it's podcasts every, <laughs> literally. Oh, this is amazing. That's yeah, cool. that's yeah. how the education system is. It's so it's called grad it. seminar. That's why it has so to be. You guys be... can call people from outside, yes. have utilize their experiences and they don't have to be professor. Oh, pro tip. Did you know you can go attend classes free of cost in any university anywhere in Canada without having to pay fees. But you won't get any degrees. Yeah, no, just for the sake of learning. You wow. can just enter any class. Basically free education. Yeah, and that doesn't happen in India. <laughs> See, See, for the degree basically, not the education. Yeah. It's essentially that. See, yeah. now at this point, I think every every one of us knows that education is has become more of a business and less of a, an institution where you go and learn something, yeah. right? And it's, 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 everybody knows that nowadays. It's not like this is something new. But do you f- feel the same thing over here as well? Like a little bit, it's more of a, like, have you ever experienced that you want to have more of a practical than a theoretical knowledge? Go out, whatever practically, theoretically, whatever you're learning, just to get a chance to, uh, ex- experience that outside have you ever thought in that way to use my degree to that knowledge yes like whatever you're learning right now yeah. how can you utilize it is there a way is there a chance or uh, any anything from your university probably you're getting another chance to go out somewhere and practically use that knowledge oh, yeah. which doesn't happen in india that's what i'm i'm, I'm trying to relate trying okay. to relate okay uh it's it's kind of very tricky to answer that question because I come from a very humanities background or humanities background mein aise hota hai ki, uh, like for instance after doing this masters there is no job description or job title that confirm ho ki mujhe job milega types mm-hmm. it's different from you know say doing an aerospace engineering or doing something like BSc or biotechnology and things like that you know you want to be a scientist you know but for instance, like in India, there's this huge thing that's been going on for the five, for the last five, six years, which has like irritated me the most. It is all of my colleagues graduated with me from Mumbai University undergrad to Bachelor of Mass Media me kia hi hai, journalism kia hi hai. But beyond that, you don't get a job still unless and until you pay 10 lakhs to Asian College of Journalism or Ashoka University and get that one year degree in journalism. You need the title, right? You need that label 
to get a job in CNN IBN as an anchor. Otherwise, you're not qualified to be an anchor in CNN IBN or like. So I have studied all my life to be like a journalist. I have done internships, but none of that matters unless and until I pay ten lakhs to an institute and then graduate from there. Again, it it comes back to the same thing that education is more of a business now and less of an institution where you learn things. People, I guess, need to get out of the mental block of degree over yeah. knowledge, right? Like, yeah, it's fascinating because if you would imagine that businesses would be more practical in that sense that okay, if I'm getting somebody who knows their stuff, it's actually a lot better for my business. to hire somebody just because they know it and not be so stuck up about uh uh you know having the person having a degree but that's not the case like googles and facebooks are have gone ahead so much more but indian businesses probably are not there yet so west is doing much better in that evolving their mindset but indian businesses are still lagging behind so you mean west appreciates your skills more than your education Because in India you have to come to you have to like come from that background where you are constantly achieving yeah. your degrees and yeah. then you feel that that is your achievement and then yeah. later on when you go in the market you realize that that is no it's more also around like everybody is in that process of moving out of that stuck up mindset from probably say fifty years ago but West is just far ahead in that evolution maybe right. we'll take another thirty forty years or maybe like uh, some kind of crisis for us to get out of that mindset somebody to push us out of it or evolve in 30 40 years where west is probably silicon valley is right now where you you can be a school dropout and still be hired at google or a startup or you know anywhere and be paid millions or you can be a psychologist but a coder as well yeah which happens here i remember one of my friend uh, one of my colleague she she had her md She was a doctor. Okay. She worked in uh, some country, in, uh, somewhere in Africa, some some country, and uh, she finished her mass. Uh, she finished her medical, and then went there, did some service, three, four, five years. She worked over there, and she got bored. Okay. She's like, I'm done with medical. I do. I cannot handle this anymore. She came back, and she was brilliant. Obviously, she is brilliant. So she studied coding, uh, and then uh, she took a job as a senior software developer. Senior software developer. She took a, co- a job directly in Dallas. She started there, worked over there for two years. And recently, I came to know that she became a data scientist. Wow! So she was a, a doctor, senior uh, developer, uh, front-end developer, and now she's a data scientist. This I cannot imagine somebody doing this in India. Yeah. You are not allowed actually. Not it's allowed a it's like a breaking taboo if you can do that. This year still. film award went to this interactive documentary film called queer skins and the director of that film is ilias ilias silak i hope i'm pronouncing her name correctly she's this beautiful woman who's also an immigrant she is a physiotherapist by career by profession and by degree for the last 20 years she got into filmmaking 6 years ago and she won her first tiff award so she is a part time physiotherapist and a part time independent filmmakers who makes films for sundance and tribeca and things like that so you're so right when you say that like would you think it's because opportunities i feel like we started classifying people that you are arts you are science you are commerce you only can achieve or get job in in your field and if you jump that means you're just trespassing 
this is the mentality and if you take arts and if you want to become a scientist you cannot because you don't have enough brain because you got less marks it's it's like <laughs> we are telling fish to climb the tree yeah. that's exactly yeah. because maybe he is really good at at something like let's say arts and he may must have scored really good marks as well his intelligence is different it's different compared to other people it, it it's yeah. not always being technically smart means you are smart there are different definitions of being smart that, yeah. we don't understand that that's and that's exactly what is going on in india and i hope that gets better i guess then so, yeah that rigidity comes from yeah uh, from all other rigidity which is there in the culture you know uh, going from all religious mindsets to casteism to all of that so whatever rigidity we impose on those things we just replicate in every every part of our lives like oh you should not be trespassing that's a that's actually that's a very good uh, description y- yeah you are born with this you are meant for this you got to yeah, like you're Do good it. at this we brand people and then like you you're not allowed to like but so it's not written anywhere that exactly. you are born with that yeah it's, it's just we it, created class we just to segregate people and tell them this is what your work is yeah. that does, it should not define their status right this is exactly what is happening in india yeah. your work defines your status if you are a teacher people respect yeah. you if you yeah. are uh, a janitor people won't respect you and yeah. won't even look at you like a like a human being yeah I, I, we we need some kind of fresh start where that founding principle is of equality like like us for example got that fresh start when the constitution was created in 1700 or uh, like whenever uh, like when it was founded like this clearly explicitly stated and created like a strong initial government right now i'm not commenting on what it is right now but initially when it was created why it became so great was because it was like founded on equality liberty and those principles and they said that state and religion are separate we will never mix them like they were mixed in europe for and that that created a lot of problems for them they like we are not going to mix state and religion and everybody is equal in our eyes and that has led I, them to i might progress so much. i might also I would like to correct i, I would, would also like, like to but you okay. go ahead yeah first. i would like to correct that yeah. because i think equality was never never, never ever a, a founding stone for united states the main reason because uh slavery yeah okay uh the founding father of uh, of united states adam, adam most of president. most of the presidents the first president and jefferson Roosevelt, yeah. jefferson jefferson and the, one of the yeah he had 100 slaves by the way 100 slaves under him and you know how yeah. black people's lives were yeah. yeah so f- equality was not uh, a founding stone for them uh but other things i think yeah from me i can say yeah, yeah. that's true i i agree what you mean like you know that is like a big blot racism was a huge is, is a huge question still it is everywhere and i feel like indians are more racist than other people oh don't yeah, even yes. tell, get me started on that like all my masis and buas since i were i was a kid have been trying to whitewash my face and make me fairer and they still comment like because i'm in canada they think that uh, anyway i'm sorry i'm digressing a bit but yeah no, 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 they no, think that uh, no restrictions be- over here because i've come to canada and because it's a white land and because it snows therefore i will become fairer that's their understanding <laughs> of skin tones but yes yeah so, like i wish it was simpler for us to like get out of our like you know all the blocks that we have for us it's so much more complicated because of our thousands of years of that kind of 
history where we have like misinterpreted everything so badly. So badly. And yeah. now we maybe for US it was simpler because it was just okay like you know slavery was one thing that they had to get rid of and then overall capitalism is what drove the country forward and as long as you could make money you could like you could progress you could come from any kind of background yeah. that dignity of job was there you could be a janitor and you will still have that dignity but you know yeah. and canada also gets the benefit of that kind of you right actually i i feel the same that us it was easy for them to define racism because they were only two colors white and black yeah, at that initially. time yeah. so white people knew that they are superior at that time still i don't know some people might still think kkk is still there it's still existing so we cannot say anything yeah. about it. but i still feel that because there were two colors it was easy for them to ra- to be uh, racist and especially those people came from africa and they were slaves so it became much easier for them to to yeah. to harass them to mention of the movie article 15 right oh. which, like the complexity of our i was just suggesting it to somebody today please watch article 15 Uh, crazy oh crazy oh my movie. it's it's just some another level of yeah. and beyond just being two colors even if you think about it majority of uh, the people in us are practicing christians christianity is like sort of the driving force with somewhere drawn from europe in europe christianity is more conservative than it is in the us and in canada it's mo- much more like broader and like modern forms of christianity but then again it's not it's so simple as a religion they don't expect much out of you i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but in comparison the complexity of or the nature of hindu religion itself makes it so difficult and it spills over in other areas of your life right that's why you can't just be focused or just be a religious person you end up automatically becoming a religious political person or a religious socialist person or a religious casteist person which is so dangerous because you don't know much about religion and then you just know whatever you know and you're just like pushing it over to other people true so yeah even even jew christian uh, issues are also like nightmarish yeah exactly it is and uh, <laughs> cannot, you yeah. know so much so many problems jews jews are uh, i don't know i if we should talk about jews and all that but then yeah. whatever happened to them whatever is happening right now as well uh, it's just bad and even yeah. racism in jews is everywhere it's in india as well if you i don't know but in bombay i know people people just don't like jews i don't know why India, I guess some hatred, hatred, some hatred for for them for no reason. I I can understand if you if you're Muslim, you yeah. have some history and you're doing it. People who even don't know what what Yahudis are and what they do, they still do, do racism. I don't know what kind of mentality it is. Indians like to hate on people who are different than them, <coughs> looking different in any way because they fear them. I guess deep down, that's what it feels like But that. Like what would be the reason of that fear? They just. like don't want to get over their own uh you know that barrier that canyon which is that they don't want to cross it and try to understand the other person if i don't understand you at first glance uh, my basic first instinct will be to hate you or you know mock you uh and that's that's where we as as indians have reached i guess that's what it feels like so either it's ingrained through religion to hate the other person be it muslims or whatever or we just hate because you're different and that's that's so terrible right like, 
we are not used to new people people who are different then how how are we ever going to learn new things so it's when i was in india i'm i'm, f- I'm serious about it i didn't even know what exactly racism is because being like being living in mumbai uh like you know how hindi marathi issues are there like maharashtra and north indian issues are there that is a that is a pure definition of racism yeah. i think that's right maharashtrian people think that they are better than uh, other up people because they think that they are more educated and those people are coming from another state and stealing our jobs which is what what is going on in united states is the same hatred is is being spread on what level for i don't understand that but then when i was in india if i didn't understand what exactly racism means because i see that every day and it's very normal for me now it's normalized yeah if i fit uh, fat shaming yeah fat shaming is the same thing it's it's another form of racism right you then you you feel that you're yeah. more than a <coughs> you're more smarter so you just start shaming other people but that is another way of racism somebody is black it's very common to call people kalu yeah kalu ट the way we have preserved this unity over here in toronto you know it's it, it just blows me sometimes completely that even though people are from different different countries they have their own issues own problems but then when they just all come together that love you can you can literally feel it over here yeah. but i cannot say the same thing for either india or for us what do you guys think that's do you want to can i so that's i think i agree on your point there and there's that there's a different feeling of love here there's a different feeling of that sense of community family which i enjoy much more and i feel that comes about because whatever be the woes that we like from the baggages that we carry or jahan kahin se bhi aaye hai hum we all have come in search of this land of hope mm. come in search of peace that we want to be in this place where we don't have to be judged we don't have to think about what the society thinks about us we don't have to live by certain people's expectations and rather learn how to create our own life and space and that should be filled with love that should be filled with dreams and ambitions and that space so that people can do whatever they want to do and uh, not be said weird things like oh this is what you're capable of doing do you know my neighbor son did this this <laughs> do you know my chacha ke bete ne ye sab kiya you know all of that melodrama no, they always make you feel inferior right <laughs> of course yeah because and then yeah. when you when you say that to your parents your parents would be like if you can't take this much also then you're not strong enough like that's a, there's another meaning to that only like because depression mental health issues don't exist right like we have not faced all of it so why should you face it like this is all something you're making up in your head So I think that's why we feel that here. True. What do you think? I think yeah, it's it's when a country is sort of built by immigrants that yeah. sets a very different tone for how the culture will be even ten generations down the line. Like when when you look at second generation, third generation immigrant kids here, you realize okay, they have that uh, you know. uh values from their homeland from mm. where their uh, parents grandparents came from but 
they have like so that authenticity is still preserved but they have accepted everybody else also around because they value uh, you know the diversity and kindness which is there and it's okay to be different here right and they they value that also that you know it, it it's so um, such a good uh, thing that everybody agrees upon that it's okay to be different you can be uh, whoever you want to be and uh, that's fine that that's what drives uh, that non judgmental attitude right like nobody is going to judge because you can't be judging in a place where it's okay to be different like and if you don't judge you, the, all the ego issues and all go away and people become kind in general so it's just like that's where like yeah uh, like the good things about canada comes from i feel and then it's it's getting more and more diverse and that's that's the great thing about it like people come in people leave behind their homeland and all the struggles uh, they struggle here too but they value what life canada gives them and they teach <laughs> the same thing canada hugs you yeah it welcomes you with open hands that's so okay. another thing i love about canada it's that it is there's a heaven for lgbtq yes so true yeah and this much security getting this much security in any other country in any other part of the world it's impossible totally yeah so to so the example canada sets in front of other uh, other countries is just some another level Yeah, yeah. I'm in love with Canada. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's not not just because I'm I'm saying this because we are on podcast, no, but then absolutely. it's a true feeling. Everybody has the true feeling, I guess. But especially Toronto. I don't know. I'm I'm a bit biased. I love Toronto. Toronto than any other part of of the country. <laughs> we we tend to forget that. But then, like when I think about it, I think about that. Oh, I don't think about the fact that I live in a different country every single day of my life. So it means I'm home. Like right? Like otherwise, I would be thinking about it. I miss Toronto when whenever yeah. I go to India, ten fifteen days, and I feel like I want to go home. I remember last time everybody came to airport like to drop me. Everybody was sad, and I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was really something. really happy that I'm gonna go back home. I came like after coming over here, I felt that yeah, I miss them and all, but then still, still yeah, I was still happy so much from inside. Uh, you won't believe this. Ever since I've come to Canada, especially in Toronto, my vocal decibels have dropped by five levels at least. I've <laughs> yes. started using more sorry and thank you, however cliche that may sound, yes. but that's made me a kinder person. And like my parents, even when I do WhatsApp video call with them, they respect that. My parents were here by the way last summer. They spent only one and a half two weeks. They go back. They land in Mumbai at midnight, and they're like, "Something's happening, Deepa." I'm like, what happened? There's too much sound. We can't mm-hmm. take sound anymore. I was like, yes. "You were just here for uh-huh. one week, and you felt that." They're like, "Yeah, it's yes. a very quiet country." Just so, come out of the airport. Yeah. No horns. Nothing. You can't hear anything. You can't even feel that this is airport in Mumbai. You go to airport. Like you feel that you're going to airport, airport like yeah. two, three kilometers away from the airport. Yeah. So much noise, sound, horn, like. I haven't gone back yet. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not gone back to India since I landed here, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about it when I go back. It, maybe I'll I'll like the nostalgia. Be overwhelmed, I, I guess you will be overwhelmed. I will be overwhelmed. Yeah. Initially, I will love it, like first one week or something. That oh, this this was my past life. But then soon I'll get over it. I feel. Yeah. You should go with somebody so that they can hold your hand so that you feel better. <laughs> Kidding. Right. But yeah. Oh, good. Wanted to touch upon another topic, yeah. which is student debt. Okay. So, 
I hope you don't mind if I ask you that uh, how much was your fees and uh, was oh, it like like I said I have no student debt because I it was a fully funded course it's a full scholarship so I didn't pay oh, yes, at all right. but student debt reminds me of my brother who studied in the US and who did his masters um, in Florida Tech University and he did his masters in 2010 that's not like long ago it's like just a, almost a decade ago yeah. he's not been able to pay back even one bit of his actual loan he's still paying the interest he's been paying the interest and the interest keeps accumulating and accumulating and this like this whole history we've had to his financial side but um, yeah he tells so much about how difficult it is to come out of the whole loan thing Shout out to Bernie Sanders because his idea is to drop the student debt. He wants the complete education in United States to be free. Mm-hmm. He wants the uh, the the Googles and Amazons. He wants them to pay taxes. I don't know if you guys have heard, but recently uh, the tax uh, discrete tax details came out about uh, of Amazons and other people, uh, other big companies, other big tech tech companies. Let yeah, me just I, that way. in Silicon Valley, and they haven't paid any sing- single penny in their taxes. Yeah. Can you believe it? And people who work for Google and for Amazon, they pay. who is spending so much money on their education getting job in amazons and googles are not able to pay their taxes but those big companies are just making money out of it every day so i i cannot i don't understand what is going on right yeah it's insane like so the system is rigged in that sense because they initially had a flawed foundation and then they rigged it in the way that just to keep it going and right now we are at that stage where this is happening and there is a proper reason for why they don't pay tax because if they like they want them to not pay tax and do something else with that money uh just to keep the economy afloat right now it's like yeah so well, I, i know i understand i guess bernie sanders proposal is great but i guess there should be like a more sustainable way where slowly but steadily the uh, like you know for people who are going to be getting into the education uh for their uh, undergrad or masters should not pay uh fees um but just forgiving the debt that might not be the best idea because what they're going to do is just print that 1 trillion dollar that no they won't give because whatever amazon is making per year if they pay decent amount at least 10% of the taxes that money will change lot of things for people like oh, yeah, for sure for sure drug addiction will probably go away completely because those people who don't have jobs they might get some some good amount of money from the government so there's another idea which actually uh, I, i can think of uh, there's another candidate whose name is andrew yang and he came up with this idea called ubi universal yeah. basic income where he thinks that if we uh, we tax uh, those big corporations Every person in United States will get one thousand dollars per month. No questions asked. You'll get all the money. Your money will be in your account. 
whatever job you're doing keep doing that but utilize that money to do something better which is also another good idea i feel like but then the question comes that what if you start getting free money and then you lose motivation to do anything yeah i think free money is never the solution to anything and all the new candidates who are trying to be more socialist than capitalist are proposing free money of some kind of or the other that's and we not are socialist that's neoliberalism in its facade but continue yeah yeah so any any for me anywhere where people start saying that okay let's make the rich pay for the poor uh is in some way moving towards socialism and where we start promising free money uh, just for the sake of getting equality equality is great i i love it uh, like i i don't uh, i'm not saying that i'm against equality but here um, uh, what what bernie sanders or anyone uh, like andrew yang especially is saying mm-hmm. universal basic income that 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 can't work because as soon as you give free 1000 dollars the prices of everything that you spend on goes up because oh, no it won't because supply and demand right like in basic economics if you have more money at hand the person who is selling you things will raise because they know you have extra 1000 dollars and that's how it works so at, i feel that everything is being controlled by an organization where if inflation happens then the price of that particular thing increases but right now whatever money you can whatever money you're talking we are talking about 1000 dollars it's not there in government's reserve it's there at amazon's bank account so basically nothing is going to change the the total circle will remain as it is it's just the additional money will come in the circle and will get distributed to everybody so how prices will increase so right now like i understand that's a, a uh, that's what we would assume but money in the sense is very different in different places right now the money that amazon has is not real money again it's money in stocks money in stock market money in the form of equity right and the money that you are saying is uh, convert that equity into cash and have it as the base uh, currency paper note money out in the public and as soon as that increases inflation the real inflation happens right now real inflation is not being seen because cash is very less people don't have enough cash uh, liquidity at hand what they are doing is all the excess money that is going they are putting into stock market you see last 10 years the stock market has just shot up because that's where the inflation is showing up the inflation is also showing up in uh, our education debt because they know that future in future people will pay back that's the expectation that the whole economy is running on that eventually people will pay back so let's raise education uh, uh, fees and tuition and all of that as soon as you bring that all of that inflation into retail sector you will and that's what this guy is asking us to do yeah but, but your money prices groceries no this is fascinating this is fascinating his logic is completely acceptable and like that makes sense because the moment you're giving cash power to people like um and first of all equality will not work because you have been normalized again into this state of mind where you have that assumed sense of power where you've already seen yourself being rich imagine a person who earns 100 billion dollars say a year gets that extra 1000 bucks does not make any difference to him versus a guy who is probably 14 hours uh, and uh, 14 dollars an hour getting that 1000 bucks makes so much more sense to him so there's this parity already that exists which cannot be bridged because of these 1000 dollars being dis- dispersed to people that that will definitely not happen and there'll be more chaos and there'll be more pandemonium because again 
it seems like government is taking control by distributing this but then again the control still rests on the capital side right these large tech giant organizations they're the ones who are driving this whole thing so they'll figure another loophole in the system to ensure that things remain as per the status quo yeah right and, and if you think about it like as soon as everybody has 1000 extra dollars in their bank account what will happen to the rent prices yeah. just real estate as a whole every place will have a minimum added rent of 700 800 dollars on top of the existing whatever minimum because i know you can afford to pay that why wouldn't i demand as a landlord of you that it used to be 800 now i'm going to charge 1500 at least because i know you have 1000 extra dollars and then you have to think about who owns the maximum land that's the rich people that's the corporations that's and so essentially the money goes back to the corporations itself because they are the ones who will be charging most uh rent and they'll be taking things out of your pocket all the fmcg companies who manufacture all the no frills loblaws all of these companies who make who sell you the everyday things will increase and money will go back into their account basically all the free money that you thought will be yours is not essentially it's yours not, it, it, let's go I to the root i was referring to sorry to interrupt you but i was referring to this point the reason because this idea was already implemented in alaska and it was a success alaskan people was getting were getting around 200 dollars every month mm-hmm. and when the the survey happened in survey people people mentioned that it reduces their stress about paying rent and now even though they even though they don't have they don't make enough money at the end of the month they are still happy because for them you know united states is not as expensive as what canada is over there rent is 400 dollars some places so i'm not talking about the top cities but in other places and then uh food expenses are also cheaper then the main expense they have is basically their medical uh, expenses because they don't have uh, medical medicare medicare this is still obamacare is still fucked up so you know what i'm saying so their main expenses are actually their insurance expenses but then when the survey was taken and the survey results were like really good and they were happy that everything else is being taken care of and we still have enough money left in our account which we can utilize for some good things so now they are spending that money in in some uh, leisure stuff rather than just being depressed every month or living on uh, paycheck to paycheck so because there was an uh, example already said by alaska that this is actually possible we can do that and uh, andrew yang actually did the entire calculation yeah. uh, i'll send you guys uh, yeah. his sure, video yeah. his calculation and everything and actually even uh, elon musk supported him mm-hmm. and universal basic income he is like at one point we have to do universal basic income the main reason is because all the jobs are taken by automation yeah That's so true. if you think about it universal basic income was tried in india as well in fact it was tried by modi government in 2014 through the kisan yojana program where he opened bank accounts for all farmers across the country and where he said that after opening the account every month he will be putting in 1000 rupees as a part of the yojana program this was so because farmers were protesting that they are not able to pay back the loans that they like there's drought in the country there's nothing happening and there's no funding for agriculture itself you know the num- the percentage of suicides increased 
amidst farmers. That's because uh, your prices on crops and seeds increase, your pri prices on tractors and irrigation facilities increase, and your interest rates increased by the same government that provided you thousand bucks in your bank account. Two thousand bucks is peanuts per month. Just think about it. Yeah. Exactly. Thousand bucks. And this was it's after like demonetization. Yeah, it's. It's after demonetization. It's like, oh, you have rot. You don't have water to, uh, you know, irrigate your crops. Here's thousand dollars. Thousand rupees. Yeah. Rupees, not rupees. even dollars. Rupees. <laughs> I wish it was dollars. <laughs> I wish it was dollars. No. like dollars are for me. But that's interesting that you said the Alaska example. Um, yeah, I feel like such controlled experiments might be good, but I I don't know if we have seen like a large scale experiment or or at a country level that has worked because it's essentially the same. Thing. ecosystem nothing is universal or free frankly and you have to really invest in productivity and job creation and all of those things to improve quality of life if you improve quality of life automation will actually be better for you because everybody will be working four hours uh, instead of eight hours right now and everybody will have four hours more to uh, do more creative things or learn music or do podcasts or, so yeah <laughs> that's, that's where the real benefits come in uh, of automation or you know having government intervention for quality of life not by free money let's so, no but why can't we think this way that that free money probably will help them to learn something new pay their fees they want to do something like obviously coal, coal jobs are not there anymore it's it's not possible for people to go dig coal and get cancer after 10 15 years it's done now people should realize that even in india i think yeah. this coal thing is all should everything should be automated humans should not do it at all so now we know that jobs are basically being automated why don't we spend more money or give them that twelve twelve hundred dollars and tell them to do courses or maybe create something like you know create an organization but not colleges where they lootify people it's just that you can't control what prices how prices react you don't control government should not be controlling okay milk should be charged this much uh, this course should be charged this much as long as they control that, they can ensure that, oh, the extra thousand dollars will only be spent on something new, creative and to better their life. But if you're not controlling, it gets redistributed on everything that they were anyway spending on otherwise and the prices increase. It's like ek haat de, ek haat le, right? yeah. you're giving thousand dollars and increasing the price. Yeah, that's why fine. I was going to come to the root question, the root, which is also linked slightly to education and to your career and to money in general is the fact that who decides you get $14 an hour? Who puts that tab? And why do they put that tab on people? Okay, if you tell me it's skill-based, it's education-based and all of that. No, it's something more deeper and darker than that. Like, you're not being paid what you should probably be paid. And that's the reason why you are constantly running out of money, constantly in debt, constantly thinking about what next you should be doing. So how do you decide what each person gets paid? You don't decide, man. I don't think anybody should decide. It should be a free market. And just like any markets that are very efficient, if they are left on their own, they are controlled because the people at who have power want to profit themselves. And that's why the control exists. And they want to keep that power so that control exists. Right now, Andrew Young, if he gets elected because he says, I'll give you free money, that's actually using control of money to get control of power. That's essentially what all governments have been doing forever to, uh, they want the control of money and to do all kinds of interventions so that they can have control of power. If they didn't control money, they wouldn't have the power. So then, you think free market does not have any power in itself? Free, 
the power does not let free market exist the people are in power if there was a way to take the power away okay. then free markets could exist and then markets would be lot more efficient and but it's an ideal don't you think because uh, is there an example like today or like in the past where like an absolute free market has existed without for example like for thousands of years gold has been in free market okay in localized governments gold has it could be manipulated but as a whole okay. gold has been the global reserve money uh for 5000 years almost almost every kind of empire has been using gold and so that's a proof that it's been in free market and also its value has been increasing throughout the history like from egyptian times to now that's been the benchmark of how things are valued why because the value of gold has held its power over time and fluctuated just based on its supply and demand and everything else has been manipulated and gone to zero gold has seen everything it has seen the destruction of all the empires all mm-hmm. the different kinds of money be it shells or any other kinds and it still survived mm-hmm. so because it's durable it is good it is scarce and it is like the it is in free market for so long so you need something which holds value over time and can be cannot be controlled cannot be easily controlled by people around right now money can be controlled because they can print more of it so they will do all sorts of things to justify printing of more money and get rich themselves so that's but i feel like someone has to decide how much should be the basic salary per hour but then every when level changes that basic salary also changes right but let's just talk about people who work in amazon right like yeah. they probably are 14 15 dollars an hour if this is not being decided by government government does it mostly yeah the yeah. labor uh, okay. if they don't do it and if amazon decides to do it do you really think that the price uh, the salary per hour will be higher i don't think so no it should be it should be on the onus should be on the public because the public is producing that labor for the market and the public is what is generating the capacity for the market to sustain so the onus should not be on organizations or the market themselves it should be on the public that drives it and frankly if amazon is not paying then mm-hmm. there as long as there is like competition exists like there is a google like there is google there is facebook or there is any other organization that is willing to pay there will be competition and because of the competition that equilibrium comes at the end if amazon was the only organization then they can decide just like government is the only organization that can decide things so there is monopoly in power right right now uh, but in companies in business there is not a monopoly so that's why things are working much better than they should like you know they, because of competition otherwise amazon can charge you anything for their prime membership or but there is competition they there is netflix so that's why prices will remain stable as long as there is competition if you take away the competition then you can't so i don't understand that how public can decide people can decide how much will they get per hour that's what right that's that's the illusion we've been working with that um uh, going back to 500 years ago probably victorian era and things like that when uh there used to be this bourgeoisie and proletariat 
and like there are working class people peasant people versus the people who run the state and the people who are in the churches and things like that um it's the churches that decided yes because it's and it's the people in the church that used the excuse saying that the bible says so that i get the authority to decide and that i get paid so much and that i can own so much of gold or like blah 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 versus you who is the peasant class does not get so much same thing is being transferred so many years later onto technologies versus public all over again so ultimately if you scrap the whole like authority and power like you were talking about what if tomorrow all of us protest all of us decide we're not going to go work for you guys until you give us the salary and all of us stay put at that right competition is going to cease existing because your uh competition is going to cease existing because like you guys mm. don't have yeah. people to do the work you want to do and you have to ultimately listen to the people so uh by public i mean by individuals like you and me individually have so much more skills and powers to be paid and to demand to be paid what we want to but the moment we go enter the doors of the company that we worked for we're no longer individuals we're properties of those companies right because we've legally signed contracts we're legally we our skills are owned by them everything that we do everything that we even utter there is copyright and owned by them you become an individual you, when you come back home so what's these two kind of lives that you're living don't you have your own right over yourself i think as long as an individual can make their own choices yeah. for their own maximizing their self interest the overall system will work fine that's my belief that's the ideal exactly that's, that's the ideal and i understand your question that how does how will isn't that an ideal and isn't it impossible to implement i i get it everything has been tried in the past and failed it has. but that it has failed because of lack of technology to implement it if for example there is technology invented that sort of allows for you know that to be done mm. then it can be done like so it seems impossible till it's solved and it becomes possible so that's where we should work towards yeah so essentially all the innovations that we do should be towards uh achieving that kind of impossible ideals mm. but it's possible like it, it's it will be it will get disrupted at some point and governments will become redundant and people the, the power will be lot more decentralized mm-hmm. but yeah yes. we need that technology existing to for that to happen will that not be a chaos not see that's my de- question too yeah decentralize see i feel like we have been trained in such a way that we always need something authority yeah otherwise it's very hard for people to just roam around and think that they are the one and nobody else is on their top then they can do anything and then there'll be riots looting uh, no i understand what you mean like uh, but yeah so the thing but is what do you mean by decentralized and what do you mean by uh, government will be uh, so government uh, even if we don't have zero government we need to have as minimum a government as possible right now where we have reached a stage where government is extremely interventionist what that means is they are all up into our lives and we are no more individuals and our individual identity cannot come out because we are forced to be like you know branded together into like a group of people because government is like 
without us you will not survive that's exactly the mentality that has been instilled into us but that's not true if you have a very minimal government that just ensures that there is probably just law enforcement there is just enough like you know basic infrastructure set up and then everybody else can just maximize and do what they want to do and their property rights are held and there is like that's essentially what they can you should be able to achieve everything that you have the potential to achieve and government will only come in if there is some like you know you can't in that process somebody else is like you know coming in your way or there is some issue that's about it right now it's literally like oh like you know uh, you got to do this otherwise you know you will probably not get this right or you will your money uh, we will we will tax you in this way because you know it's your uh, moral responsibility to be helping people who are poor and we will give you free money this that sort of thing so in every way they like sort of want to be in your life and that's that that, that sort of is not the future that i foresee decentralized should be in a way that i should be able to function as a unit for most part of my life unless just like only when you probably get sick is when you think about a doctor you don't be in touch with your doctor every single day of sorts that's it. it's a service government is providing you a service it should not be something that you can't live without but you can pay them once in a while to like ensure that your life goes smoothly and your interaction that is exactly gets. what is happening we all are so much busy in our own life that we don't focus much about what is going on in government government i i can understand that we have to go out and give vote and all decide who will rule and all but then still most of the time probably how much how many times a day do you think about government we don't but their decisions are impacting us that many more times a day now more than before i think that is because the insecurity problem i think government has insecurity and that fear of losing the government and because yeah. of that so many things are going on behind the curtains which we cannot see and that those yeah. conspiracies are like so crazy that they want us to just be busy in our own life and not think about what is yeah. going on behind the back and whatever they want us to pay we have to pay whatever they want us to do we have to do yeah. that insecurity is again and the same thing every country has insecurity with other countries as well that's why we have armies we have economical yeah. problems trade problems do you know 90% of your taxes global taxes go towards defense and militarization yeah in every way or the other like they are being invested yeah. in like weapons but like i 100% agree with that's such an amazing explanation that you gave there uh and it kept bringing this argument back to my head that the future governments of course with the support of technology or whatever the authority that we think about actually should be law actually should be like the legal systems because and of course they need to be rewritten in a way that is more human rights uh freedom centered definitely uh why i'll tell you is because in every country where democracy is falling out where capitalism is not working out the way it's supposed to law is what brings people together law is one place where people find themselves securely agreeing upon because they feel safe because they feel like people who need to be punished to some extent to get punished and also think about the example of how jury du- duty functions like you know the whole how jury yeah. duty yeah, system yeah. is yes, right yes. it's not just the people who are qualified to be lawyers or the judges they get the common public you mm-hmm. have to be a civil servant you participate yes. in the legal process exactly and, and i think that's what like people if people have that kind of free time where they 
feel like contributing to people around them They'll and that self independence is there that my future is secured that sense of security not coming from government just because they're giving you free helicopter money that they're just throwing you <laughs> from top but probably like you know some way i know that my money is secure or my future is secure or i can function on my own tomorrow if government or you know this falls off or that institution does not exist then then i i think i'll be more altruistic meaning like more helpful to people around like probably go on jury duties probably do some social service that kind of thing and also learn maybe new skills and things like that hmm that It, yeah I, that's that's what i feel like you know that's where an altruistic world hmm altruistic world wow now last question of the day okay the question is about democracy do you guys think that democracy gives us enough freedom what democratic countries should give or ideally like if you think about it Or do you do you feel that you have enough liberty? Okay, let me just read. No, I do not. And especially as a woman, my liberty is always not just contested uh, in democracy; it's contested as against the opposing genders. Uh, so I don't have enough freedom. I do not at all have freedom in India. I don't have enough freedom here as well. Um, Who's stopping you here? A lot of factors. The external factors mostly. They are stopping me. Uh, safety is stop stopping me. Uh, independence and conditions not being able to rely on other people a lot of things stop me so uh yeah and like going back to your like base question i don't think a true form of democracy we've not seen a true form of democracy yet there have never been a true form of democracy that's what i mean there like. has been like thousands of years ago in the greek societies what democracy and how it used to function that was the ideal model but then again there were issues because it was run by men uh there was no gender parity uh, but you couldn't have expected along that time but actually all of them being seated together in a public sp- space and uh talking issues and uh giving space to each other to talk about things not interjecting uh having voting system having veto system in place that was an ideal form of democracy so you think that life was better 10000 years ago no <laughs> no as in like so how how uh this thing about this way a people who were like that old they had an idea an amazing idea of giving people enough liberty and be de- being a democrat and right now where we are so much advanced we have so much technology to use but still because, i mean is that because of insecurity that's that's how it comes back right because now even though we have enough technology people are still insecure that maybe somebody will take my place somebody will do this somebody will do that and that somehow won somehow somewhere they want us to not have enough liberty so that we cannot achieve something or whatever you know or maybe we are awake yeah i guess like it's the same human principles of like you know human needs of greed and uh, you know wanting power greed of money and power essentially that sort of corrupts now we have more innovations like things like corporation exist now like earlier money used to exist or belong to humans Mm-hmm. and money never belong to a corporation now we have imaginary entities that own most of the money in the world offshore like, accounts yeah offshore so, accounts only 1% of the population controls 99% of the population exactly so uh, all of these new innovations are like masks to a uh, new ways to like sort of keep the rich richer like keep uh, them getting richer and things like that so 
it it is difficult to imagine like if there was actual idealistic i'm not saying we should have that we shouldn't have like 100% equality everybody having equal amount of money that's impossible and probably shouldn't happen but if that happened like everybody would have so much money like if you think about just if 1% owns 99% it's socialist right it, it's an yeah. idea of socialism but just that just and i like it i i love that idea actually i and that's why i support bernie sanders i feel like i think whatever he thinks because sometimes i also think that why people don't have enough money everyone should have enough money and everyone yeah. should work for that yeah and have enough jobs that they whatever they are doing it's not repetitive and they are doing something productive and for the betterment of humanity yeah so why not socialism doesn't make any difference right वैसे भी being demo being living in a democracy yeah. doesn't give us enough freedom exactly. then why not trying socialist we, we did try and it failed yeah, that's the whole failed issue everywhere. right it's failed in venezuela it's failed in russia that's because the truest everywhere. form of socialism or the truest form of democracy was never implemented there was this greed for power there was corruption yeah. and like my dadi so famously says um with times especially with the current generation we get things so easily get things so ultra quickly because of innovation and technology that we have lost the taste of how hard work is and by hard work i don't just mean sweat by hard work i mean the number of years it takes the number of patience and waiting it takes to get something that is something my parents my grandparents and all of them have experienced and know the fruits of it we do not the generations after us seriously won't well yeah you have to think of it as a spiral it is I, yeah. and that spiral is as that famously is said it's very interesting and i love that uh, whole set of quotes that how good times create weak men mm. weak men creates bad times bad times create good men and then good men creates bad times but <laughs> oh, oh, wow. wow essentially it that cycle endlessly repeats where everybody gets complacent when good times are coming because they expect the good times to stay forever yeah. and they become weak themselves mentally weak physically weak there are like skills you will just specialize one thing but you don't have any other survival skills or anything else and then the then crisis hits and that hits like there is no escaping it and that's that's where we are right now or so in the world where means our kids will be weaker that's what you guys we don't know if it will be our generation our kids generations or oh, their no. next yeah. but it's coming like okay, essentially coming. when it comes there will be like a crazy time where you know technology will be extremely advanced but we'll be extremely weak but isn't it our job to prepare them we have to prepare them and remind them that this is what happens this is what the law is so you have to be very careful and you have to keep learning That's why you have to bring your kids up like the bird box movie where you're like actually tying oh, yeah. their eyes off and like you're training them day in and out preparing them for the worst to come that would be your ultimate way yeah. but yeah that's true when <laughs> i think about any of this on yeah. a daily basis we just go on because we feel that sense of euphoria yeah. and that euphoria is when people should be most careful but they are in reality the least, least careful, careful yeah. and right now we are at that stage where people are extremely careless and people are like this is going to go on forever <laughs> i would love to talk about the the greek history you you just touched upon and we'll definitely do another podcast about that sure yeah and it's been an amazing time with you guys <laughs> and i'm so happy that we did this finally yes. thank you and for this is our first podcast for bro jogan Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah.
Thank you guys.